Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. There's times in games that things happen. Obviously, we're going to give up points. We're not going to hold them to zero, but there's, there's a lot of things we can do, to, like I said, to, to make it tougher or harder on these guys to score or to get a good shot. So, I mean, it's a series. That's what the series is about. You make adjustments on the fly and adjustments in games and adjustments on your, your day off. And no doubt we'll uh, we'll see some of those clips and then we'll figure out what we were doing and, and obviously try and be better for, for the next one. That's Joe Ingles on the Jazz, improving their defense. They gave up 129 points. They won game two despite that, but no reason to risk that again. Got to defend better, not give up the points on 15 consecutive possessions to open the third quarter. That's a stretch that's going to st- stick with everybody. It's game three, PK, and it's a chance to take the lead. Eh, take control of the series is probably a little too strong, but take the lead in the series at least Saturday night, and then that would give them a chance to really take control of it Monday if they can hit the daily double on the road. Yeah, I would agree that I wouldn't say take control. I'd say reestablish themselves as the favorite to win the series because I think if they win tomorrow, they do reestablish themselves as the favorite to win the series. But then then certainly if they were to sweep, then the series slants heavily in their favor, as it did last year with 3-1-2. But, you know, that was an unusual set of circumstances. So... I probably wouldn't put much stock in uh, recreating losing a 3-1 lead, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. What can they do to slow down Memphis while still maintaining their high efficiency on offense like they had in Game 2? So, And Joe is right. You know, in a series with the adjustments and all the stuff going back and forth, it adds to the intrigue. So this is a 7.30 game Saturday night. It's on ESPN and AT&T Sportsnet. Jazz game night, the pregame show, tips off on The Zone at 6.30. Uh, game four is also a 7.30 game Monday night. That'll be on TNT. Now we get into the uh, part of the show where fans get banned, and we'll be repeating this all morning long because it's happening in multiple cities. But three Jazz fans have been banned from Vivid Arena after getting into verbal altercations with family members of the Memphis Grizzly players, in particular, John Morant's family members. Other fans around him heard him. Other fans around him say they were having a good time going back and forth with John Morant's family members, and then some people went way across the line, and now the Jazz have gone ahead and banned three Jazz fans. Well, it's good definitely to ban them. I think there's a lot of things that I was thinking about. So this, it sounds like, that there was some banter going back and forth during the course of the game. So as the game progressed, so I would like a thorough, uh, I don't know what the word is, research, investigation, I guess, uh, is what I'm looking for. League-wide, when each of these things happens, and one is too many, we all, most of us agree on that, I think all of us would, uh, but do league-wide investigations and what's going on. And so before each game, like, Right before the start, the public address announcer makes an announcement. If you do anything that's inappropriate, any profanity, any of that stuff, we're going to ban you for life. Let's just have the death penalty, so to speak. Put it out there and make a strong, strong statement. And then do an investigation. If it was kind of friendly banter during, but as the game progressed, was it because of the heat of the game? 
Was it because how much alcohol was involved? Because the league surely doesn't have any issue charging whatever they charge for a beer. Is it ten bucks or twelve bucks? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't drink. It's a lot. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're in the so, na- you're in the neighborhood. You but, see the signs but, just when we walk into the arena. Right. How much is that factoring in? Because they don't have any problem making money from that stuff. But is it? And maybe it's not a factor at all. That's what I would like to find out. It's zero factor. Um, but maybe in some cases it is. So maybe come up with some stuff there that you can mitigate that. Because this stuff has got to stop. It's a, we, we, one. One is too much. But I want some hard data on what's going on and some real strong ramifications that the league puts forward, each individual team, and says it. And maybe they say it during multiple times during the game, whatever it might be, because I, I, all of us are just sick of it. Well, there's no doubt about that. There were plenty of people on uh, social media uh, complaining about it, complaining what it does to the image of the state, how embarrassed they are by it. There are multiple people posting about how many people around uh, Morant's family were having fun interacting with him, that Josh dad was a blast and all that kind of stuff so it doesn't have to go south like this but apparently it does on multiple occasions and here's another one i I don't know how they enforce these bans i mean until we get to facial recognition technology which you know maybe we're not that far away from uh i mean a friend buys you a ticket or a family member buys you a ticket and you go in if it's not your name on the credit card you know i don't know i don't know how they enforce it but that is what they have announced and not just in utah but in other NBA cities and states as well, and we'll get to that now. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Giannis against Adebayo. Back to the basket. Giannis turning, shooting, shot good on the baseline, fade away. Here he goes one-on-one with his former teammate. Jay Crowder pushing, he turns on it. The LeBron reverse lap is good. The King. Wow. Looking to win game number three for Denver. Missed it. Rebound Jokic. Put her back up and in. There's the tip in right at the end as the Nuggets nearly gave away an enormous lead in the last couple minutes. Desperation threes, PK, when you got to let them fly. Damian Lillard was cold until he hit a couple late. And McCollum hit one. And suddenly it's a three-point game. And the Nuggets are at the line. And Monty Morris has two chances to make it a four-point game with about three or four seconds left. He misses the first. He misses the second. Rick Majerus quotes are flowing around in in my mind. It's hard to make free throws when your butt is tight. And they didn't have their bigs in the game. They had no Nurkic, no Canner to get the rebound. And so uh, Covington just gets pushed under the hoop by Jokic, which Jokic has probably got 50 pounds on him. And Jokic tips it up twice and finally tips it in, and that's the ballgame. Oh, that was a big play in your mind, huh? You just broke it down. That was a big play. They had a chance to run up court and hit a shot and go to OT, but they couldn't get the ball. Jokic controlled it, and that was that. How about he Rivers finishes with 36 points. points. Yeah, 36 points and 11 rebounds for him in that one, and uh, 5 of 16 shooting from beyond the arc for Lillard. Yeah, I thought Austin Rivers with the 16 points, four threes in the final six minutes and all that stuff. I mean, they're starting a backcourt that they weren't starting. And Rivers wasn't even on the team until about five, yeah. six weeks ago. Yep. And it's really something to see them win. Good good for them. Lakers are up 2-1, to one, just as Denver is up 2-1. to one. Lakers win 109-95. They beat the Suns, L.A.'s first 
playoff win in the Staples Center in nine years. Anthony Davis, 34 points, 11 rebounds. No plays to break down here, PK. If I have a memory of this game, it'll be a picture of Chris Paul's face as he sat on the bench in the third quarter looking real sad, like, I know how this is going to turn out, and I'm going to hate it. But now I have to sit here for 45 minutes while it all plays out, and it did. Yeah, they just don't have enough firepower without him 100%. And that's that. There it is. Uh, the other game, the Bucks annihilating the Heat, the Heat 113-84. Miami took the first game to overtime, but, man, these last two games have been all Milwaukee, and they are now up 3-0 in that series. I like your chances. <laughs> you should. Uh, Knicks and Hawks, 5 o'clock today. They are tied 1-1. That game's on ESPN. And then as we enter into the holiday weekend, ABC primetime. Brooklyn and Boston at 6.30 with the Nets up 2-0. And then ESPN's got the late game, 7.30 our time. It's the Clippers and the Mavs. Dallas back home after winning twice in L.A. They are up 2-0 and a chance to go up 3-0 on ESPN. I'm thinking you like their chances. Yeah, I'm not going to rule out the Clippers, though. And if they lose tonight, I'm going to. I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, Ty Lu pulled the Jerry Sloan. You know, see what these guys, what we're made of now. So, uh, uh, for a 2-0, it's going to sound doesn't make any sense, but I, I, I think the Clippers are okay to an extent because I think they're capable of winning. Now, they haven't, and if they don't, then they're certainly done at 3-0. So, I want to see this game first. I, I think it has an opportunity to be a pretty good game. That's sort of what I feel, and, but whatever that means. <laughs> Uh, I think with Ty Lue, you know, he's on to something here. It doesn't seem, based on talent, that these games should look and the series should look the way it is. But when you watch the game, you can see, and again, this doesn't make sense. Don't take it too literally. But you can see that the Clippers have a pulse. And you, or excuse me, you can see the Mavericks have a pulse. And they're out there fighting and battling and the normal kind of uh, body language and emotion of a playoff. And then you see the Clippers, and they're just kind of out there cruising up and down the floor in the first couple games, and that's not working for them. They need a pulse. And then back to the fans. The fan who dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook in Philadelphia has been banned indefinitely from the Wells Fargo Center. Had his season tickets uh, revoked. A fan in New York who spit on Trey Young has been banned indefinitely from Madison Square Garden. So... More fan incidences and similar reaction from uh, ownership that we saw in Utah, we see in Philadelphia, and in New York. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. It's not a ton different as far as just the size and the feel. You know, there's not a lot of traffic in New Jersey. You know, it's a calm place. Obviously, there's a there's a different look to this city. You know, it's very green, trees everywhere, and uh, Utah is definitely not like that. You know, there's definitely some aggressive drivers here, that's for sure. Uh, getting used to that, you know, getting cut off about every everywhere you go. You know, I feel like I'm at home. I don't feel homesick. I don't feel like I'm, you know, missing anything or, you know, I'm having a blast. And I think, you know, the coaches and the players just make it easy to fit in and, and get going with everything. That's Zach Wilson explaining how he's settling into life in New Jersey. He's getting cut off, PK. How's it driving in Jersey? Oh, sure, man. Don't get out of my way. I got somewhere to go. Of course you're going to get cut off. 
It's no big deal, but it's very green. See, idiots who call it a dump and think it's all industrial. You just don't know unless you've been into heart of the of, the, of Jersey. It's called the Garden State, and I mean, it's. It, I'm surprised he didn't just say this is paradise. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, we've got uh, Julio Jones reports from ESPN. The Falcons have been offered a first-round pick. Well, then take it and trade him. Or are they just trying to uh, turn this into an auction, desperately creating a market for him? We can let that play out. Well, yeah, let it play out. I agree. There's no big sense of urgency right now. We're still in May. Let's see when we get into late July or something. New England Patriots rookie quarterback Mac Jones has been making a favorable impression on his teammates at the OTAs. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne said of Jones, he has a swag to him I didn't know he had at first. He's out there confident, and that's what you need in a quarterback. Good energy, awesome guy, comes to work, and you just feel his energy and leadership already. And I'm a wide well, receiver, yeah. I'd like the ball. <laughs> I, I, well, I think he's establishing a Bourne identity. Oh, nice. <laughs> Golf clap for that's, that one. Those, those movies are total comfort food. You know, you're watching a game, and it goes to break, and you just flip around to see whatever's on, and you can just slide right into a Bourne movie wherever. Well, and also, too, and I like those movies. Give me car chases and stuff being blown up. It's all fantasy. It's not real. I don't want that in real life. But in the movies, give me that stuff over the rom-coms. I enjoy them. I can never follow the storyline, but it doesn't matter. All I'm looking forward to is the next little adrenaline rush. And occasionally oh, yeah. I ask my wife, what's the plot here? Because I, I just don't have the attention span anymore, so I can't follow them. But I love the James Bond things and the uh, Tom Cruises and this one. Who's that? Who's the Damon? Is he the guy who does that? Matt All Damon that plays Jason Bourne. Yeah. Uh, to me, th- those are great movies. They're, they're high-quality entertainment over some stupid, sappy love story any day a week. All you got to know about Bourne is he used to kill people, and now they want to kill him. That's the plot. There it is. Now he's a good guy. He wouldn't kill people like that anymore. Unless you make him, in which case, you know, he'll drop you in three seconds flat. Oh, that sounds like life in Jersey. (laughs) DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You got to give it to football, whether it's the NFL or college football. They get a a lot of mileage out of announcing first schedules and then kickoff times. Guess what? Every time they announce kickoff times for teams here, there's a whole lot of 830 kickoffs. Who knew? Late night TV programming. Fourth fourth time slot of the day. BYU's first three games of the season will be late night kicks with Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State. They're all scheduled for 8.15 or 8.30 on ESPN. The Utes did get an 8.30 game with Stanford, and they got a 5 o'clock game with San Diego State. CBS Sports Network has Mountain West doubleheaders because they don't have as many properties, so they tend to have Mountain West games at, uh, at 5 and 8, and uh, that won't actually be in a Mountain West stadium because San Diego State's building a new stadium, but uh, they'll, they'll go to the soccer stadium in Carson and play there in front of nearly nobody. Joe. One 5 o'clock game and a lot of late-night games. That's, that's what we're finding out for the uh, local teams. Well, that's the way of the world. Yep. That is what it is. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag Major League Baseball. Diaz 0-1. Bradley, a drive deep right. Myers back on it at the track. He looks up. It's off the wall. It's going to be extra bases for Bradley. And the Brewers will win in 10 this afternoon. Baez bounces one to third. Picked by Gonzalez. The long toss. It pulls the man off the bag. And Baez trying to stay in a rundown long enough. And now sliding in the plate is safe. I don't believe this. The Cubs just got a run on an amazing play by Javier Baez. Baez is going to go to second base now as the throw gets away. He slides at second. He's safe. The ball bounces away again. The Cubs have scored an unbelievable run on a play by Baez. Well, that was a bizarro day of baseball headlines. The play you just heard there, PK, it's a chopper to first. All you got to do is step on the bag. There's no reason to tag him. Or, I mean, the throw wasn't right on target, so if it's easier to tag him, fine. But if he's going to back up to home plate, just step on the bag, look the runner at third back, and we're done. Instead, a brain fart and two throwing errors, and it's the equivalent of an RBI double. That was not impressive. That was brutal. Yeah, chopper to third, not first, but uh, yeah. You're right, chopper to third, uh, throw across the diamond. I don't understand what was going on there. (laughs) That was was Little League-esque. Right. You really don't expect a fifth grader to make that mistake. And yet, there it is in the bigs. Uh, And then the other bizarro thing, Shohei Otane uh, scheduled to start as a pitcher. They had to start him as a DH. He got... He got caught in traffic. You think it was the 55 or the 57 or the 91 that was out of hand? What do you think was going on there? Oh, it was in the Bay Area. No, it was in the Bay Area. It was Bart. It was an away game. Oh, okay. It was a team bus, I think, is uh, part of the problem. And then they went on Bart and the, the exchange. You know, you get off one, you get on the other. That ended up being uh, delayed and all that stuff. So he arrived at the ballpark, what they felt was too late uh, for a starting pitcher. So they, I heard they bumped him back to today. I also heard that they bumped him back till tomorrow. I'm not sure. You know, we had a lot of uh, NBA injury talk, and there's been a lot of talk about what is going on. Are they playing too many games too close together? And there have been a lot of stars. But it does seem like in this segment every morning we're reading about a lot of baseball injuries. You seen any numbers on whether this is more than usual, or it's uh, the Mets are shutting down Syndergaard? Uh, Nick Senzel for the uh, Reds is having knee surgery. He's played center field and third base for him. Uh, it, it seems like there is just uh, nonstop injury news. Uh, I know they feel like I've, I was watching Baseball Network on pitching because of kids pitching so much so early. By the time they get in their mid-20s, early 20s, there's a lot of wear and tear, and so they're going through Tommy John, and there's a bunch of that stuff. I don't know about position players. Yeah. Uh, also, you heard the highlights in there. The Brewers have beaten the Padres 6-5. to five. Jackie Bradley Jr. is the hero. Two out in the 10th. He drives in the game winner. And Max Muncy homering in the 6th. That's the difference, difference as the Dodgers beat the Giants. Four to three. B saw their four-game win streak snapped. A four-two loss to Round Rock last night. Game two tonight, six thirty. Game scheduled through Tuesday. Get your tickets at slbs.com. They got matinees on Sunday and Monday with the holiday weekend. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag RSL. RSL will host Minnesota. Rio Tinto Stadium tomorrow night, 7.30. RSL beat them in the opener, 2-1. to one. This one will be a little different. Uh, Minnesota's starting goalkeeper was hurt and didn't play in the opener, so he's back. And they have uh, acquired two new players, two attackers, so they could have a different look here. They have really struggled to score goals, only five goals in six games. But after four straight losses, they've uh, Minnesota's won a couple, so playing a little better here, and they had a week off to get ready for this, so... RSL has never beaten Minnesota at home. They've never beaten them on the road until the last time they played. Uh, relatively new team, expansion team. So we'll see if RSL can handle them, and then there's an international break for a couple weeks. So there you go, RSL tomorrow night, 730. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, Jay Hill, Weber State football coach, broadcasting live, Ogden Country Club. Blue skies, just a few clouds out there. Looks like a good day for golf. Temperature's about 60 right now. It's a little cool, PK, but heating up, and Jay Hill will stop by. Also, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Sam Amick of The Athletic. Let's start with what you saw in Game 2 and how the Jazz adjusted. They hit their trees, which is something that didn't happen in Game 1. Yet again, we get reminded that sometimes in the playoffs, you can't count on trees like you could during the regular season. That was fun to watch. Donovan, like, being on a shelf for more than a month and then obviously being disappointed and frustrated that he didn't get to play in Game 1. If you didn't know any of that backstory, but then you watched the way he competed in that first quarter, like, you probably could have guessed, man, there's something different going on with this guy. Like, he was on one, and it was fun to watch him try to check Dylan Brooks and send a message like our big dog is back and you can stop trying to bully us. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day. We got a two-parter. Jazz got a win on the road now. What are your yeah. worries? What I got them. Dressed about you do. You got worries. Oh uh, yeah, re- regarding this game for sure. Yeah, Carl says I they think live in the very worries that I had. Go ahead. Uh, Carl says they live and die by the three, no matter where they are. He is stressed about the shooting. Uh. Uh, that's on the list. I mean, but that's that's no different for any game. I mean, I've talked to so many basketball coaches over the years, and that that's keeps them up at night. They worry about suppose all of our guys are cold. You know, even even if you were doing to what we saw as traditional basketball over the years, where then you know the threes is a relatively new phenomenon, obviously, but still, coaches worried about. Guys not making shots, open shots. Whether in, in the old days they were two pointers, right? That's why you wanted a good low post game to get as close to the basket as you possibly could. But you're going to have to hit perimeter shots. Now it's extended uh, beyond the three point line. So I think that's a legitimate worry, but I don't think that's a new worry. 
Jay says no more overlooking Memphis. The Grizzlies are for real. I wouldn't think that overlooking them in game three. You're 1-1 going to their home court for the first time. I get that you may have a letdown at some point, and I think that the Jazz players, well, Donovan certainly, has talked about uh, the letdown they had. They were up 3-1. They were up by 17. They thought it was over against the Nuggets in the in the bubble, and they, they let them back in the series, and they never could close them out. So I guess that uh, – You know, off that experience, you wouldn't think that would happen. But I would think even without that experience, that shouldn't be the thing to worry about in Game 3. I don't think that it was anything to worry about at any point. I believe that they felt Memphis was a legitimate team before the series even started because I certainly felt that. So you may have some lulls within a game, but overall, no. I think they have a deep respect for Memphis. Memphis is an emerging team. You know, they're not where they're going to be probably if things anticipate like we – they go like we anticipate. But right now they're a good team and in a couple of years probably stand to be better. So I don't think it's that. I, I really don't see where they're thinking, oh, wow, we're one, they're eight, so we got this. I, I just don't see that. Ben says, my worry is the Jazz won't win on the road. Way to keep it simple, Ben, and get right to the point. Who cares how they win? Well, nobody cares at this point. All you got to do is find a way to get the job done, whatever that entails. So, yeah, uh, shoot for one. If you get one, shoot for two. Uh, and probably you would – you have no choice but to accept whatever's coming your way. Uh, being down 3-1 isn't the end of the world, but obviously the task gets a lot more difficult. Uh, and you, you have to find a way – you know, you play the psychological game. If you're down 3-1, well, uh, you know, we, we win game five, and that puts enormous pressure on the Grizzlies because they don't want any part of game seven in Salt Lake City, blah, 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 blah. So we've all heard that storyline played a thousand times. Every time it surfaces, uh, we hear that. If the team's at 3-1, particularly if the, the team that's in the disadvantage has the home court in game seven, we hear that stuff. Uh, but... You know, obviously they would prefer 3-1 their favor, and they could live with 2-2. I think to me specifically, my biggest fear uh, for the Jazz perspective is that these guys looking at Memphis is there are three scores that we've seen emerge so far, Valanciunas, Morant, and Brooks. Combined, the three of them go for 80 or more points. Combined for 80. Yeah. So obviously when Morant gets to 47, 80 gets within reach. Um, yes. <laughs> they can all certainly go for 20, but to your point, if they all go for 20 and they're held to 60, do the Grizzlies have enough on their bench given how the Jazz score the ball? And I see where you're going with that. So it gets into that kind of gray area. Okay, if they, if they all average about 25, you're at 75. Do they have enough juice then? At 80, you're definitely in trouble because you're figuring this guy's going to have six, that guy's going to have eight. You know, everybody will chip in. Right. So that's my concern. So two 30s and a 20. Or John Moran for 40 and 20 for the other guys. You're right, right. And it's all possible combinations. Uh, John Morant, 65, and the others. Uh... <laughs> John Morant. 
The modern day MJ, if he does that. <laughs> no, George Mike, and we already said that yesterday. Uh, yeah, point, right. That's, right. That's the guy he's chasing. <laughs> so I assume you've done the math on this in previous games. Uh, so the three of them combined for 88, with Jaw going for 47. I mean that, right. that bench scoring that that bench scoring was really forty three to fourteen in game two, uh, decisive <laughs> game winning advantage for the Jazz right there. Uh, Correct. But that's your point. The big three for them really have to go off because it just doesn't look like they got the firepower from the other guys to really. Make, I mean, in any one game, anything can happen, but they got to win three more. And their bench only went for nineteen points in game one. Yes, it's clear as we've watched this series develop through only two games that we were joking about it yesterday with Craig Bullerjack that the Jazz have more better players, right? So we we're having fun with that expression because obviously they're much deeper and that's an area Memphis is going to have to shore up as they try to get better and I'm sure they know that as well as anybody that they've got some players and Moran is a rising star. There's no doubt about that. Brooks is... You've really got to tip your cap to Brooks, man. He's been solid. There's no doubt. Even even through the foul trouble that he had, he still managed to make himself a factor. He's an emotional dude. Players feed off of him. So, you know, he's what type. We talked about this. You know, you hate him on the other team, but you love him on your team. Uh, and the guy's got something to say and all that stuff. That's great. If that's what it takes for him to play well, so be it. Other guys are church mouses out there. Uh, some guys in you know, a combination thereof, whatever it might be. Uh, so do your thing, whatever you need to do to make yourself a factor. And so far, Brooks has made himself a significant factor. And Valanciunas just has so much size. I mean, he's just huge beast of a man and uses his body and he's got skill. You can see why combination of skill combined with that size, why he's a starting center in this league and has been for a number of years. So, I look at the Jazz can certainly outscore you, but if those three are combining for 80 or more, it really puts the pressure on to make sure the Jazz are at the top of their game offensively. And in game two, they were at the top of their game offensively. What Did that set a record for most points scored in a, a regulation game in the postseason? Did somebody say that? I can't remember. I think Bowler said it was a jazz record. It was the highest scoring right. jazz. Well, that's what I meant. Game. That's what I meant. Yeah, I didn't mean an NBA record. I meant, yeah, I meant jazz. I meant jazz record. Right. So they were at their peak offensively, and they won fairly comfortably. All forty-eight minutes wasn't comfortable, but you know they they did win fairly comfortably. So that that's a positive sign. But you know you look at it and you expect, okay, can Memphis recreate what they did offensively? That's going to be tough. At the same time, can the Jazz recreate what they did offensively? It's going to be tough, but the point is you don't necessarily need to do that to win the ball game. No, for the Jazz, 120 ought to be the winning number. 141 is off the charts. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about we just don't want everyone to go cold at once, right? Well, everyone kind of went cold at once in game one. But, as Matt Harpering so eloquently put it, and I'm grateful he did, the law of numbers held true in game two. How often are the Jazz going to shoot that poorly? Well, everybody was on. They had seven guys in double figures. And Donovan came back and didn't miss a beat. So 
Did he get his 25? And he's 5 of 10 from 3. So I would expect something where maybe, you know, some guys are on and some guys are off from 3. That would seem more normal than to have really the whole team go cold in Game 1 and the whole team heat up in Game 2. But that, nonetheless, is how it played out. I mean, I see where you're going with the whole 80-point thing. The weird thing is when Memphis got 88 from the Big 3, they lost. And when they got 72 from their Big 3, they won. Although, the longer the series goes, the more I think that number you throw out there ought to be kind of a general guiding principle of, like, how this goes for the Grizzlies. Uh, Yes, exactly. Yes, uh, well said there. I do think that 72 mitigated by the fact that uh, Jazz's best weapon offensively wasn't in the ball game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter now, but he plays. I think they're up 2-0. Uh, but th- who cares about that? It didn't happen, and they're not up 2-0. So I think I just look at how how is Memphis going to beat the Jazz. The Jazz could lose, and Memphis doesn't beat them in a sense. They beat themselves because they can't make a shot from three. They shoot like in the teens or 20s percentile. They turn the ball over a bunch. And that a lot of that would be on themselves. The good thing for me as I view this now that we're down to Memphis, even though we're still in Memphis, it's a road game, I think it's the Jazz's game to win. And if they play like they're capable of, they're simply better than Memphis. So they will win. So I sort of look at it, if the Jazz stumble – it's going to be largely on them. Memphis has some players. They just don't have enough quality players to match the Jazz. But they do have some sensational players. There's no doubt about that. If the Jazz aren't at their game, they could very well lose. But I feel very confident that if the Jazz are at the level that we expect them to be, they'll win. Yeah, I think so. If the Jazz bring their A game, they're the better team. And I, I think the depth certainly you know, and I did say earlier, now to take this back a little bit, but it's kind of this player's nature. You know, everybody was on. Nobody was on in game one. Everybody was on in game two. Well, Clarkson was one of six from three. So everybody right. wasn't on. But also, I think we all view him as more a scorer than a shooter. Uh, he can shoot it, and he does have games where he just lights it up from three. But even when he doesn't, we think he can score, and he can get to the line, and we all know he goes into the paint, and he zigs and he zags, and somehow he finds the, the, the little bit of space that is available and you know flips in some shot from four feet. That's not a surprise at all. He's done it too many times. And he did it in that game. You know, he wasn't... He wasn't a shooter in game two, but he was a scorer. He got his seven free throws and made them all and got plenty of two-pointers and gets into the paint and does his thing. I wouldn't worry so much about his three-point shooting because I also think, too, he understands the nature of the game, and early they're up with a fairly comfortable lead, so maybe the possession isn't as quite uh, crucial and you don't necessarily need a bucket right now. So maybe he puts up a three that if it's a one-point game late in the fourth quarter, maybe he doesn't put up that three. Maybe he finds a way to get to the bucket, and the guy maneuvers, his head is spinning. Sometimes I get my eyes get tired of watching him because he fakes here, he fakes there. He's got all these moves that he does. He's like out on the dance floor. He's the modern day. Uh, who was that? What was the? Uh, John Travolta was his name in the dance movie way back when. Uh, he had all the moves, right? So Clarkson 
Uh, he didn't shoot the ball well from three. So be it. I mean, that's that, that doesn't really worry me that much. Jeff says, health of the players. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Other than that, nothing. As Stephen A. Smith said, it's going to take divine intervention for the Grizzlies to win if the Jazz are healthy. And those are my thoughts exactly. So Jeff and Stephen A. Smith, divine intervention. Well, By the way, that's yeah. divine D-E, like Dan Divine. How about that? Oh, rather than D, divine, D-I? <laughs> D-I, uh, the way it's sure. actually spelled. Well, know. I think it's, it's safe to say we have God on our side. There it is. We'll leave it right there. When we come back, question of the day, part D. Jazz fans, banned. Here we go again. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by ARUP. ARUP needs your help. They need you to donate blood before a long weekend. You can join Hans and Scotty. Today, 10 to 2 at ARUP, 9786 South, 500 West in Sandy. Come save a life and donate some blood. You will receive a gift card and Utah Jazz gear for your donation. Question of the day, part two. Here we go again. More Jazz fans banned for their behavior, their language, for crossing the line, going beyond heckling, getting into it with John Morant's dad. Scott says, it's horrible, but let's not go. Here we go again. Boston, Philly, and New York all had incidents this week. Stupid people all over. I'm glad they were all banned. Okay, that is here we go again, though. People have been banned before for saying stuff before. Yeah, I don't think this – I think it's ridiculous to say, oh, this is Utah. To me, uh, that's stereotyping. Oh, and let's call it like it is. Oh, the Mormons. I mean, we wouldn't do that with most other groups, but somehow we feel comfortable to do it here. And there's 14,000 people in the arena, and three or four people are being ridiculous. Well, it's it's not everyone. Most most common good folk are just appalled by this behavior. So when I say here we go again, I'm not saying it specifically to any uh, state or city or whatnot. And I realize some have worse reputations than others and maybe to agree that reputation is earned i don't know i don't understand all these things here but i think that from the league perspective you know have it and maybe they do to some as you're walking in the arena have signs have stuff being posted out there have announcements being made uh and do studies how much of it is because we're selling liquor alcohol it's is maybe none of it is i don't know I'm not sure. I don't have any answers, but I would like to see some proactive stuff. And if you see, like, uh, players' families and know where they're sitting, you know, make sure that there's uh, tighter security over there or something along those lines or whatever it might be. Be aware, you know, like when the Lakers come to town, if they should play in a playoff, hopefully they do, 
and you see some people walking with Lakers gear, and they're carrying, and there's two people, and they're carrying four beers apiece, and it's before the game. You keep an eye on that. Maybe that'll lead to something, and have that be there. And then, of course, have people, I think they already do this in most stadiums, if there's stuff around, you can text this number, and security will show up. You know what I mean? So That's pretty common already, now, I think. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Continue to do that stuff, and let's see if we can get rid of it. Well, you don't want to label people, but Jacob says, well, they're Utes. Is this unexpected? Uh, okay, on this one, I don't know that I would joke around like that. The rivalry in all things, even this. I have no Although idea Although Kevin says, are. or Aggies, or Cougars, or Wildcats, dot, 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 right, dot, dot, right. dot. So. Right, 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 right. But it's a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for locally. It's a bad look regionally, uh, country-wise, and <clears throat> all this stuff. We've got to end it. We've got to get to the mindset of you're a fan, and you go to the game. You can boo or cheer, and then just don't do anything else. And then certainly don't get involved with anybody who is uh, sitting next to you or whatnot. Uh, but it continues to happen. And it is, it is a small number. But the only acceptable number is zero. Yes, but I don't think we've seen the last of it. I think we'll be having this discussion again. Somebody will go and decide it's a good idea, and they think it's uh, funny, or they're angry, and they feel like they have to let it out, or I don't, I don't know what all their motivations are. I've never be, been that why, angry at a sport. Why event. they go down? Why they go down this road? You see, some people yelling at games, though, and you think you are super angry. You are furious. Well, sometimes they think they're funny, and yeah, there is that too. There are people who think they're being clever. It, the, your wife thinks you're funny, and maybe your mother. That's it. You're not funny. So all you're doing is annoying the fan experience for the folks around you. Nobody comes to a game to hear, to hear you, you talk. <laughs> yeah. That let that sink in, people. Man. Right. I'm buying these tickets. I really hope there's someone within a row or two of me who is hilarious. Right, said, right. Uh, said no one ever. Right. <laughs> they, you, all you do is ruin it. Keep your mouth shut. You're not, I realize you're trying to look for separation in life, but you're not going to get it there. All you're going to do is spoil it for the folks around you. So sort of find a way to knock that off and <clears throat> just re- keep reinforcing the message. From, from the league standpoint, and leagues, because it's not particular to the NBA. The NBA, their arenas are smaller, obviously, so they can be closer to the players and all that stuff. Yeah. So maybe it happens there. But we've seen it, gosh, what was it a couple of weeks ago? The guy wearing a Padres jersey knocks out the Rockies fan. You see that one? Yeah, I, I did not, but I'm not surprised. We've seen, yep. we've seen fan stuff. I'll look for oh. it right now. We've you seen did, fan oh, stuff yeah. before. Yeah. He no, walks looks, across. It's it's a matinee in Colorado. He walks down the aisle, punches the guy right, and the guy is knocked out. The guy's wearing a Padre jersey. Who does the punching? What? what where? Do, how do we get to even that point? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, in the middle of the day, no less. It's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah, oh, it's out there. You can see it. It's actually gruesome to watch. Because the guy gets wobbly and then falls down. Yeah, there it is. 
Yeah, what is your deal? I'm going to go to the ballpark and get in a brawl? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We got Brad on the phone. He wants to weigh in. Brad, good morning. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Good, Brad. What's going on? So, here we go again. The fans are getting a little crazy, but man alive, I would love to be in New York. Those fans are the craziest fans in the NBA. I feel the atmosphere just watching it in my living room. I see Spike Lee dancing and all that. I'm so excited for the Knicks this year. I think the Knicks would be. I just love the Knicks. You know, I don't get that. I don't. I don't get that at all, Brad. I've been watching it, and everything. Boy, when the gardens like this, it's just magical. Well, if you're from there and you have memories from ten or twenty or thirty years earlier, but I've been to games in multiple NBA cities, and they're all loud, and all the fan bases are so into it. I've been to a Lakers Warriors game in Oakland. You got Spike Lee. Spike Lee, Spike Lee. <laughs> People can't go crazy without Spike Lee. Yes, baby. You I mean, he's love a celebrity going nuts, so there's that. <laughs> well, by the way, PK, your sons are going down, big guy. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> when did you buy 60% of the sons and not tell me? Is that it? Sarver could never get it right, but you secretly bought the team, and that is why things have turned around. Sarver's out of the picture. Yes, Way to go, PK. I, uh, I, I negotiated the deal to uh, get Chris Paul into town uh, and re-sign Devin Booker. Uh, yeah. Actually, Spike Lee dancing, great. Dancing. Dancing at a sporting event is good. <laughs> now you're going to go old school dancing Barry back in your days at the, uh, uh, at the Daily yeah, I Breeze. I wasn't thinking of that, but... <laughs> That, that's guy, harmless. What I'm talking about, that's harmless activity. Yes, exactly. It's fun. No, nobody's going to get kicked out. No player is going to be furious. Nobody's family has to hear anything. Dance right. away. Knock yourself out. Yes, yes. So feel free to dance. And there, I, I know that it's hard to explain. And, I'm, and I didn't really grow up a Knicks fan. I grew up... Oh, I grew up a Knicks fan in terms of following them because they were the team that people always talked about when I was a kid, you know, living 30 miles away from the arena. Madison Square Garden is super cool, and uh, there is something about the Knicks and Knicks fans. But I experienced that. I told you over Christmas break one year, I got tickets. Somebody gave, me t- gave us tickets. We were going to a matinee, and I went to the dentist, and I was so excited that the dentist, the dental assistant, stuck her hand down my mouth to do some dental work, and oh. I threw up on her. her I threw up on her arm. Yeah. I literally, I was so excited to go to the game that day. I was so fired up, and the dental assistant that I threw up on was my sister. Oh man! All right, on that horrible note, let's leave it right there. <laughs> DJ and PK live from the Ogden Country Club. You can hear a little noise in the background. A lot of Wildcat. Fans and staff, and uh, they're showing up right now. Fundraising golf tournament. Uh, football coach Jay Hill expected to join us coming up in the next hour. David Locke's going to be here to talk playoffs at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.